Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. And then we see my man heading to school. And I wrote, this is so fucking hot. This is so hot. Welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. I just came off, guys, of like a coma sleep. Like, do you ever have sleep where you literally are paralyzed and you cannot move? Isn't there such a thing as that? Sleep paralysis? Oh, uh, Sure. It wasn't quite that. I'm not I'm not making light of that condition, which is very real and serious. <laughs> but it was like that sleep where you you're, you're like you out. know the hours are ticking by and you just cannot get up. And there that could and there could today. be like a rock concert outside mm-hmm. your door and you won't hear it. Yeah, that happened to me today. So I feel like I overslept now because I think I put in like a good total ten hours maybe. Oh god, yeah. So I'm like I don't know. I'm feeling okay. I'll Let's tell you. I'll tell you how much I slept. I slept six hours and 45 minutes. That's not bad. Mm-mm. Jenny, I want to hear, and I was right about Midnight Mass. Why don't you tell everybody? So Amy kept talking about this show, and it was making me insane. I was like, shut the fuck up. And then finally I watched <laughs> it. And it was really, really, it's really, I'm only on, um, I think I'm in the middle of episode four. It's really good. Highly, I'm highly gonna... recommend I'm going to challenge this, though. It wasn't until your friend Todd told you. Okay, maybe. That then you went ahead and, re- and watched it. Mm-hmm. I needed a second opinion, although I had dad's second opinion. I needed a non-family opinion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Guys, it's real, real good. Amy Midnight trapped Mass. me and made me watch White Lotus when I was home. Yeah, I made you. You stayed up till three in the morning no, watching like five so episodes. <laughs> I never get to watch TV in my regular life, so it's like yeah, it's difficult. I don't get to watch a lot of it either. Like sometimes I, I still have to watch Succession. Um, I'm watching. You would like Succession, Jenny? Yeah, I heard that was good. I started watching yeah. Hacks. I liked that. Yeah, Hacks is really but good. But that's not nearly as good as White Lotus and Midnight Mass. Not even Correct. they're not even in the same category. And Succession isn't either. Succession is more like a... Did you see Bloodline? mm Okay. Succession is more like a family drama, like a Sopranos-type yeah, yeah, yeah. situation, but not about the mafia. Um, I'm also watching Yellowstone, which a lot of the, the memes would like, I think. But Jenny, you would hate it. Okay, whatever. Okay. Because it's a Western. 
What? I, I what, love, what do I, I have against westerns? I don't know. I feel like you wouldn't like this one. I'm against a single western, and that's Young Guns. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have a feel for what you like, and I don't think you would like Yellowstone. Yeah, Just but everyone, moral of the story, everyone should watch Midnight Mass, especially if you like, I, I dig vampires stuff. So, like, I don't know, if you hated vampire stuff, it's not so heavy in the vampire thing, though, at least not yet. No, it's not about that. It's, it's not. about It's about religion. Yeah, it really is. It's really And I, I also tell everyone, the first couple episodes seem scary, but it gets less it scary, does. if that makes sense. Yeah, because I could barely watch it. I was watching it late at night in my bed, all the lights off on my computer. I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to sleep for like four hours. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get to episode four, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, once in a while, yeah. like, something will creep you out and suddenly appears and you freak out. But then, you know, that doesn't happen too often. Like, like, let me put it this way. The unknown is revealed to you pretty quickly. Yes. And then the viewer is in on it, so it's not scary It's not anymore. so scary. Yeah. 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 All right. So speaking of... Oh, this is a good segue. Because speaking of scary, we are watching... Oh, my God. I don't have the season. It's season nine. What episode number, Jenny? Of Love Boat? Of Werewolf of Walnut Grove? Season six. Oh, what did I say? Nine? Nine. That's why I was confused. Uh. I'm like, are we talking about Love Boat? Season 6, episode 14. So this is season 6, episode 14, The Werewolf of Walnut Grove. The, descri- Jenny. the description reads, school bully, Bart begins, school bully Bart begins menacing his classmates, especially Albert. Tired of constant harassment, Albert creates a paper mache, <laughs> a papier mache, werewolf mask to terrorize Bart into ceasing his bullying behavior. It works until Carrie opens her mouth. Now, throughout this episode, they say papier-mâché. That's what it is. That's what it's it a is, French but word. I've always called it papier-mâché. Yeah. yeah, that's the Americanized just, version of it. But did I just Americanize no, it? No, it was actually in the description of Little House, it was listed as papier-mâché. Okay, all right. So, Jim, we open on hot Charles. Oh, God. Oh, my God, he looks good here. I don't know what it is about him, just... Driving along, I'm. I get so happy to see him. Sometimes he looks so good. Can we discuss that? The let me just cover a couple of things. The writer is John Jugan, the director is Claxton, and the air date for this is January seventh, nineteen eighty. So we are now officially in the eighties. Ooh, we're in the eighties. Okay. So we open on a real, real hot Charles arriving at a job site where Mister Slater is building a farm. Jen, immediately when I see, oh, this is a rich guy, I'm like, he's a douchebag. I'm like, some randos, they seem rich, they fancy. Yep. (laughs) Charles is bringing a load of lumber, and we meet Mrs. Slater and their (laughs) 37-year-old son. (laughs) He's he's like at least 36. I call him broke down John Schneider. Actually, I don't know. Like a bloated John Schneider. (laughs) I have a, Bart is 37. I don't know how I old have, he is. Jenny, that's so weird. I have he's 37. That's super weird. We both picked the same number. How, I said he's going to school and he's 37. How old is the actor? Okay, so let me tell you something about the actor. So I'm looking at IMDb. I find the actor, okay? And I'm like, Bart grew up to be a pretty impressive documentary writer and editor. Wow. Okay? Then I see in the trivia, because I'm like, this is not making sense. They're saying this guy, Todd Thompson 
was born in 1971. If this kid is nine, <laughs> there's something wrong. <laughs> Something's in the water <laughs> where he wrong. grew up. So I looked at the trivia. It says the actor of Todd Thompson that is credited as Bartholomew Slater is incorrect. The actor listed, even though they share a name, is an entirely different person. Also, the actor's date of birth is listed as 1971, which would have made him only eight or nine years old, which is pretty impossible. So they've got, and I found this in a couple of places, they have it wrong. They don't know who this guy is. It's Todd Thompson, but with one D, and he just never did anything else. So this is a mystery. This is a mystery. The mystery mm-hmm. of the werewolf of Walnut Grove. Yes, this is a mystery. I mean, this dude... Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Jim, Bart loves farming and he hates school. I feel like Bart knows his place in the world. No, he does. Right? Yeah. Like, he has a pretty good sense of what he's capable he's of. Like, he's I like, I just want to be a farmer. I hate this He's like, bullshit. I'm just going to farm. I don't need to be an intellectual. And I was like, check, check, buddy. Yeah. I think you're good. <clears throat> Mom says, you need some business training now to run a farm. Okay. Now we see Eliza Jane, and she's introducing him. This is like the slow, painful torture of Eliza Jane. I know, this episode. Right? Eliza Jane is introducing him to the class and tells him she hopes he doesn't get kicked out like he did of all those other schools. Red flag, people. Red flag. Bart goes to sit down and tells Albert, hey, shorty, I want your seat. And he starts bullying people immediately, and I wrote, this is fantastic. He picks up a four-year-old and throws him on the floor. Clarence. (laughs) Now we're at the Olsons. Because you know Harriet's got to be involved in this in some way. Right, because there's rich people involved. So we're at the Olsons and Mrs. Slater shows up. And Harriet seems to love her. Probably because she has money. Yep. And she calls her her best customer. And I, I got the sense that Mrs. Slater spends quite a bit of money there. Well, she furnished her whole house, so... So Mrs. Slater's like, I'm here to get some drapery material. And Harriet pulls out some 1977 bullshit. Oh, my God. It is exactly from the 1970s. I'm like, this is 100% from the 1970s. Guys, it is brown with big, colorful polka dots. It is something that would have been in Graham's house. There was like a neon. There were some neon colors on there. Our grandmother was a seamstress, and she had a whole room. Remember on Wood Street? Just a whole room full of fabric. That, I don't know, did she steal from the place? We don't know where it came from. It was probably left over from the factory and stuff, yeah. And we would play in it. We would just go through it and wrap ourselves in rags and make clothes like idiots. And (laughs) I swear I saw this material in there. I I can bet my life it was in there. Yes. So Mrs. Slater kind of makes fun of her. And she's like, I'm not putting that in my house. Like, have you seen my house? And she's, Harriet's like, oh, Nels picked it out. And then Nels comes out and he's like, hey, Harriet, you still trying to get rid of that material you picked out? It was pretty good. Okay. In school, Liza Jane is given some writing assignments. And I feel her here because nobody's paying attention. Nobody gives a shit. And everybody's like, oh, writing assignments. I'm like, this is my life. And she's like, people's minds go awry during the full moon. And she's Mm -hmm. talking about, they're talking about werewolves. And like, she doesn't dissuade Thank their you. Belief Thank you. In werewolves. Thank you. Thank you. And she even, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So she's saying people go crazy. She's saying that they should write about the moon's effect on the sky or on other planets or on people 
or on planets or people. On planets. She says people go crazy when the when the moon is full, which is where the word lunatic comes from. You know, the Bart- moon is a satellite of the Earth, right? Yeah, I said it's on not, planets. It's not like affecting Mars. Okay. So Bart's making some funny faces, and Eliza Jane says people have also written about the moon's physical effects on people, like men becoming werewolves. And then Carrie pipes up with her trash mouth, and she's like, Are there really werewolves, Mrs. Wilder? And Mrs. Wilder, Eliza Jane, the teacher, says maybe? Yep. Maybe. Yes, she does. Because why, Aim? Because why? I don't have a why. Because the uh, dude wrote a book on it, and then she says you can use that book for reference. Oh, yeah, and it's like a religious dude. It's like a reverend who wrote it. I have an index card. Oh, fuck. Okay. What is this bullshit? So she says, <laughs> she says that this dude, this werewolf, I'm like, does this werewolf book exist? Because she said this dude wrote this werewolf book, and it was the same dude that wrote Onward Christian Soldiers. The him. Yes, she did say that. And I'm yes. like, what is this bullshit? So I looked it up. The person they're talking about is Sabine Baron Cohen. Baron Gould. Sasha Baron Cohen? No, I know. I can't stop thinking that when I see it. It's Sabine Baron Gould. Was an angelical priest born in 1834. He died in 1924 at 90 years old in Devon, England. His bibliography consists of more than 1,240 publications and continues oh to God. grow. So they keep finding this, like, dribble on things. He wrote many novels, including Devil's Punch Bowl, The Lives of Saints, The Book of Ghosts, and The Book of Werewolves. It was called The Book of Werewolves, not Werewolves, mm, okay. in 1865. So this is the book she's referencing. Yes. He is also known for writing hymns, including Onward Christian Soldiers. So this is true. Wow. Wow. This is real. This is true. He married Grace Taylor on May 25th, 1868, and they had 15 children. Holy shit. <laughs> One, this woman gave birth 15 times? What? Or I, some adopted? I, I don't think they're adopted, but some may be twins. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, Jesus. One grand. Like, have time anyway. Well, you're still giving birth, even if they're twins. Two come, right. down, the, two, but not two 15, come down the chute. But not 15 times. You don't have 15 pregnancies. Right. Yes. So one grandson, William Stewart Baring Gould, was a noted Sherlock Holmes scholar who wrote a fictional biography of the great detective in which, to make up for the lack of information about Holmes' early life, he based his account on the childhood of, of Sabin. Sabin himself was a major character of Laurie King's Sherlock Holmes novel, The Moor. A Sherlockian... Wait, I read The Moor. Did the Moore. I read The Moor? Hold on. The Moor. In this novel, it is revealed that Sabin Baring Gould is the godfather of Sherlock Holmes. Whatever. Did I read that book? Ew. Sounds boring. I don't know. Do you, you when know, you're an English major, you have to read a lot of shit. When I you? hear the more, it makes me think of the Seinfeld episode, The Bubble Boy. Do you know that episode? I know the episode, Oops. but I haven't seen it in So, years. like, they're playing Trivial Pursuit, and the answer is the Moors. Like, who invaded yes. Sicily yes. and blah, blah, blah. And the, and the Bubble Boy's like, the Moors. And George is like, nope, you're wrong. It's the Moops. And he's like, it's a misprint. It's definitely the Moors. There's no moops. And, like, they get into this huge fight, and then he busts the bubble on the bubble play. Yeah. I have not seen... I'm not there yet. I don't know what season that is. I have no idea. It's an early season. I haven't seen Seinfeld since it ran. Yeah. So, like, I'm re-watching it now. I think I'm in season three. I think it's... You're getting close to the bubble boy. It's, like, three or four. 
Because I've also introduced Timmy to Parks and Rec, which he's Oh, loving. Parks and Rec is great. Mm -hmm. It's great. Ron Swanson is fantastic. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So now um, Eliza Jane says there is an alternative project, which I like her universal design well, but here, first you know, of giving all, some options. She's like, you can use this book as reference. These are fiction novels, Aim. I know. I know. You cannot use that as reference. But what is what is she going to use? Encyclopedias, maybe? Do they yes. have that? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Know. Yeah. This is... Jenny, this makes me crazy. Like, they live in a world without documents. And yeah, the right. There's no... Facts. You, you can't know it. Like, that's what I mean. Like, we think we're in an altered state of reality or a questionable state. No. Like, there okay. was a time when no one knew anything for, for certain. <laughs> Everything is unknowable. <laughs> Nothing is known. All right. So... They decide the al the alternative project here is going to be Papier Mache, and some rando rando in the class, kid is an expert, but it's but it's Clarence, mm -hmm. and he's going to demonstrate, and the kid reveals his creations, and he's demonstrating, and Eliza Jane's like maybe Bart should come up and try with you, Ugh, so Eliza Bart Jane. comes up and he starts paper Papier Mache and Clarence. <laughs> What a dick bag. Bart says he's making a midget. What a okay, dick bag. dude. Eliza Jane's horrified, makes them go outside to clean up, and then also, like, makes them go outside and apologize to each other, which I, I don't understand. While they're outside, Bart asks Clarence, hey, can you do this project for me? I'll pay you a dollar. And idiot Clarence, oh, sweet, sweet, naive Clarence, is like, yes, I'll do Duped. it. Duped. After school, Bart asks Laura if he could carry her books, and Ugh. she says no. He's, he's eyeing up Laura. He's totally harassing her. He rips the books from her. Albert jumps to her defense, and they get into a fist fight. And Bart is calling Albert Shorty, and Albert is calling Bart Bartholomew. They start fighting, and guess who comes over, everybody? It's Manly! <laughs> Why does Manly and Carrie sound oddly like? <laughs> so Manly sees this, and he runs over, and they start fighting, and then Manly punches him, and I wrote, so Almanzo's beating up kids. Here's how I summed up the scene. Bart is harassing Laura, and Albert gets punched in the face. Now Almanzo is punching him, what the fuck? And Laura is loving it. Uh, to be fair, I don't give Manly a lot of credit. This dude was two times the size he, of him. I think he's actually taller than him. And bigger. Like it's not, it's not like he's like 120 pounds and like six foot tall. Like, he's giant. Okay, Jen, on the way home, Laura is gushing over how great it was that Manly came to her rescue. Loving I it. mean, to like a 14-year-old girl, this is crack, right? Yeah. Yep. So Laura says, Albert, you better tell Mom and Pa about your eye because it's looking real, real bad. And Albert's like, I'm just going to tell them I fell. And Laura is suddenly appalled that he's lying. Laura's lied about things like this 85 times. Albert's just like, I need a shiv. <laughs> Albert's like, it's okay. It's not a bold face lie. And then Albert says, look, I don't have the brawn, but I have the brains. <laughs> and I'm going to think of, I'm going to think of something. And we know he will because he's the fixer. Yep. The next day, Manly is dropping Eliza Jane off at school. And Mr. Slater shows up and he's like, why are you hitting my boy? And Almanzo's like, he swung at me. He swung at me first. And he was picking <laughs> up little Albert Ingalls. I can't, I can't do it for a sustained period of time. No, Albert is like, or uh, Albert, Jesus. Manly is like, he's a grown-ass man, dude. Like, yes, what? pretty much. Almanzo points out Bart is the size of a man. Because Slater's like, kids fight. That happens. He's like, no, dude. 
your son was picking on little Albert Ingalls. Your son your is son... a 37 year old, like picking on an eight year old. Yeah, he's tall. And then Mr. Slater goes, I will discipline my boy as I see fit. And Almanzo's like, you best get to it then. It was pretty this good. This guy was a condescending windbag. I can't stand it. He that. was. And then Mr. Slater says, because we all know everybody's job is vulnerable in this town. If Eliza Jane can't control the situation, maybe the school board should find a replacement. Here's what Eliza Jane should have done. She should have been like, I don't think he belongs in school. I'm throwing him out. The father probably would have went along with that because the father doesn't want him going to school. No, you have to do it in a way of it not being a slight against him. Oh, God. So you would have to do it like... Yes, you would have to do it like... You know what? I just think he's he's done. He knows everything. Yeah, <laughs> Let's he's graduate graduated. Him and move him on. He's graduated. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The next, I mean, you know, there's not a teacher out there who hasn't given a kid a C that they need to pass, so they don't have them again in the next <laughs> class. Okay. The next day, Albert's called to the board, and Bart is just laying hands on him, like he's walking down the aisle, yep. and Bart is just hitting him. <laughs> And Eliza Jane is really on edge. Like She's just like a nervous wreck. Albert solves this division problem that's on the board, which without even doing any work. Did you notice that? He just, I didn't do that. Are you kidding me? It was like a five-digit number It was divided three, by a two-digit number. It was three digits into five digits. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Yes, three into five. It was 124 into 89,280. You could do that without doing the carry down. The yes, no. because if you think about, it, you have a like one twenty four is no, almost like no, no, no. I'm not letting this become a math. No, okay. no, we're moving on. All right, so Albert gets back and he screams in pain. Jen Bart has put a tack on his seat. <laughs> Bart starts laying hands on people, like just randomly pushing people, punching them. Eliza Jane calls him out and she's like, "I'm going to have to punish you." get to the corner so i have a question i don't remember this being a big thing when we were in school go to the corner was this a thing i don't remember it being a thing i I mean was was you get you went to the principal's office yep Mm -hmm. everything got escalated Mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't go to the corner but who's she gonna send them to there's no principal that's true good point yeah so he goes to the corner reluctantly, but he's like, my pa ain't going to like this. And she corrects him to isn't going to like thought, this. I thought that was I, pretty good. I appreciated that. Bart then goes up, throws her chair on the ground, and threatens her. If I were Eliza Jane, I would have picked up that chair and cracked him over the head with it. Like, he's not going to punch a woman. I feel like that's where they draw the line. Mm. Well, if he did, the town would have really frowned upon that. Yeah. If I were Eliza Jane, I would have done exactly what happened, and I would have went running to my hottie Charles. Okay. Mr. That's Ingles. not what happened. She didn't mm-hmm. go running to him. Eliza Jane looks terrified, and I just wrote, I don't feel like this is funny anymore. No, she has a meltdown. <laughs> like, rightfully she start, so. She starts crying and dismisses school, and I'm like, this is really bad. I have this kid slash grown-ass man as an asshole. Oh, my God. So then Albert, well... And not only that, none of the... She's not able to teach anything to the other kids. No. Oh, no. So Albert and Laura go home and they tell Carolyn They immediately about this tell. Shit. They, like, run home she's, and tell. Carolyn is not having it, Jen. She's going straight to Charles. Go? She's going straight to yep. Charles with this. And then we see my man heading to school. And I wrote, this is so fucking hot. This is so well, hot. I, I realized that he's the closest thing they have to, like, a sheriff. I'm down with this. I am down with this. This is hitting all my... 
um, traditional gender role buttons yep. inside of me that have okay. been programmed. All right. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay. Charles finds Liza Jane and she's still sobbing. And I wrote, it's been like two hours. She's still sobbing? Yeah, I mean, still sobbing is a lot, I feel like. Right, like being upset still. Sure. Fine, but okay. She has a complete breakdown, and I just wrote, she's like me during finals week. <laughs> well, and, and Charles is like, did you talk to the father? Like, oh, yep. like clearly the father, the parents are the problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Charles gets the scoop, and he's like, I'm going to talk to Slater. BRB. Now we see Charles talking to Slater, and Slater's completely, like, bamboozled by his kid. Like, oh, he said that Eliza Jane knocked her chair over and got embarrassed, whatever. And, and Char- like... Charles is bad lawyer, maybe a good sheriff, bad lawyer. There's literally 65 witnesses to this. Let's line them all up and ask them what they saw. I think Charles, in his defense, sussed out the situation and was like, this dude is not, he's just not. He's not on the level. He's not going to see it. No. Charles then is at the Wilders and Almanzo is raging. He's like, I'm going to go beat this 16 year old's ass or however old this kid is. Mm -hmm. Yep. He was raging. And then, in what is the most bizarre move ever, Bart runs down to her house, which I don't know how far this is, and starts making fun of her outside her house. He's insane. The guy's insane. Like, he's got a screw loose. He is heckling the teacher, guys. Think about this. He is running to her home and heckling her. 
And <laughs> I just wrote, oh my God, Bart's at her house. Eliza Jane is like, that's it. You know what, Charles? You're right. Let's have the school board meeting. Because Charles and Manly want to go beat the fuck out of them the minute they see him. And she's like, no, 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 no. Let's do this the right way. Jen, guess who's on board and trying to keep Bart in school? Harriet. Of course. Yeah. Because if there's an awful thing to have done, Harriet's going to do it. So we're at the Olsons and Harriet and Nels is like, the boy should be expelled and I'm voting against you. And Harriet says, okay, as president, I'm removing you from the school board and replacing you with someone who agrees with me. Nels, why did you tip your hand, dude? Why did you tip your hand? We he finally like you know got the don't tip your hand to her. Go to the meeting and then vote against her. Don't tell her. Don't warn her. Nell says, "Where are you going to find an idiot who agrees with you on this?" Cut to the school board meeting and its newest member, Nellie. Yep, Nellie's Nellie's this big of an idiot. It's Harriet, Nellie, Doc Baker, and Charles. But I want to say something. This is not how this works. The school board president just can't replace people. Nope. There has to be a vote. Yep. So I would like to, again, just run down the list for you of who is at the school board meeting. Harriet, and you just raise your hand, Jenny, when I get to someone who's ever taught one lesson in the classroom. Harriet, Nellie, Doc Baker, Charles. Exactly, that's my Maybe point. Doc no Baker. One, no one has ever stepped foot in a fucking classroom here yet. They're making all I'm the decisions. I'm assuming Doc I'm Baker went to school. I'm assuming Doc Baker went to school. He went to school. He's a doctor. But has, he, but has he ever taught school? No one has taught school. Yes, this is my problem. School boards are set up to make all the decisions for educators who are in the school and they know nothing about it. I mean, this. a lot of people have the same criticism about a civilians running the military, being in charge of the military. Yes. Yes. But you need that counterbalance in the military-civilian okay. situation. Okay. So you have 50-50 split. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's ridiculous. It it makes me so angry. Well, isn't okay. the teachers union what represents the teachers? Yes, but they're not there. The school board ultimately makes the decision. I see. And none of and them are educators? Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. They're mm-hmm. just nominated. Like, I have a good friend who keeps running for school board in Scranton, and he's an educator, and a good one never wins. Wow. It's always like some just people random people it's 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 maddening for me it's a hot button issue for me okay okay yeah because they're the ones making the decision should you have to wear masks can you do this can you do that would you say you're in the rage corner no okay would are you in the strongly worded statement corner yes yes that's where i am in author author i was really in the rage (laughs) corner (laughs) listening back to that okay so they're all there, and Harriet's like, Mr. Slater has pledged a bunch of money to the school, and if we expel his son, we're not going to get it. for what? They never make any improvements. I don't know. Charles for is all mache. aggro. Charles is all aggro, and I'm, I'm here for it. Nellie decides she's going to blame Eliza Jane for not being able to control her class. And I just wrote, wow. Wow. And they took a vote, and it's a tie, so I guess when it's a tie, Harriet wins. wins. Yeah, that seems to be, always be what happens. And Eliza Jane just walks out defeated out the back door. Mm-hmm. Why can't Rev vote on the school board? I don't know. Okay. Why would you have four members? That makes no sense. That's so dumb. Okay. At home, Laura's upset because she knows if Eliza Jane's leaving town, so will Manly. Yep. 
Albert's like, I need to fix this. I need to fix this. Just give me time. Let me sleep on it. I got He's something. like, I'll come up with a scheme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the next day, Laura heads over to the feed and seed to visit Manly. He says he'll, he will be leaving town with his sister because she's a spinster and he needs to take care of her. I have that. This is a throwaway scene. Mm-hmm. She tells him she'll miss him and he says it back and smiles and she walks away. Don't care. Yep. Albert suddenly appears with the werewolf book and he's like, hey, I got an idea. Let's freak him the fuck out with some werewolf bullshit. I'm going to make his. This is a little bit of an elaborate plan. He's going to yes. make this guy think he's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a hundred other plans that would have gone better. Yes. Like what they needed make to do. Make him think you're that the school is haunted. Make him think that you're a vampire. What they needed to do here is they needed to embarrass him in front of everybody. Yes. No, so, they needed to do exactly what they did at the end, but I'm not going to give it away. That's what they yes, needed to do. Yes, but they also needed to take him down a peg by embarrassing him. Yep. Okay. I mean, I don't think he has any shame, so I don't know. If that's... But he has a lot of hubris. Yes. So at home, Laura and Albert are making a big rock out of papier-mâché. And they tell Carolyn it's a rock and she's confused. And then we see like a, a Laura and Albert making papier-mâché montage. No, I have and, this as Laura and Albert hatching a scheme montage. And they cut off hair of a passed out dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so at school, Clarence delivers Bart's project to him and shocker, Bart refuses to pay him. Can we discuss that? I spelled Clarence wrong and in 18 different ways throughout my notes. I don't know why I can't spell that word. It's the A-E. It's the A-E. I get (sighs) confused. Yep. It's C-L-A-R-E-N-C-E. Yes, I I know. I I just wrote a million different things. Clarence runs over to the Ingalls and he's telling Lauren Albert what they did. So now Albert ropes him into the scheme because he's like, Bart didn't pay me, blah, blah, blah. Well, this was perfect because he's a master craftsman. That's what they need here. Yes, that's what they needed. Okay, at school, Bart is playing the harmonica, just playing the harmonica during the lesson. This reminds me of the dude at work that just plays, well, this is before the pandemic when our office was packed to the gills, would just play the banjo. Like a little, like, no, I'm sorry, it was ukulele. A ukulele, like, randomly in the middle of, like, the office. I actually could probably get into that. No. 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 Okay. Nope. All right. So, um, Eliza Jane comes in, and she's like, look, we're not having school. I'm not dealing with this. It's not happening. I'll be here tomorrow after I collect your final projects, and then uh, I'm leaving town. So you're dismissed. Then she calls Mr. Slater a wealthy fool. Burn. Well, no, she doesn't call him that. She says, because of a wealthy fool, which, to be fair, she could have been talking about Harriet. Yeah. And he goes, what are you saying about my father? And she's like, I didn't say it was your father. Which which, oh, oh, which oh, oh, word oh. gave it away? Wealthy or wealthy fool? Wealthy or fool. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. got a little burn in on her way Pretty out. Good. Laura, Albert, and Clarence are heading home, and they wait for Bart. Now, the scheme is in place, guys. So, Bart comes up to Albert, and Albert's foaming at the mouth because he ate soap. <laughs> and Laura's like... You need to leave Albert alone. You need to leave him alone. And Laura says, he loves Eliza Jane. He would kill for her. And Bart's like, does he have the rabies? <laughs> Maybe he's and got Al- the rabies. Albert's like, or Laura's like, I better get him home. I better get him home. So she rushes off with him. Clarence tells Bart, it's a terrible, terrible Ingle secret. But Albert turns into a werewolf during a full moon. And again, because his teacher left the door open for this being <laughs> real... Right. Bart believes it could be a possibility. Right, right. Bart says, there aren't no werewolves. There ain't no werewolves in Minnesota. 
Yeah, that's and the only Clar- problem is location. Yeah. Clarence is like, well, they're not homegrown, but don't forget he's a bastard. We haven't <laughs> talked about that in five minutes. He might be from Transylvania. And Clarence says, Laura chains him in the barn when it's full moon. And if you're not a scary cat, you should come and see him. And then he tells him, here's the book. Go read it. Mm-hmm. So now we see a full moon and Charles and Carolyn are getting all gussied up. They're having, di- they're going off for dinner, Jen. They're going to Grace's. They're going I to mean, Grace's. not Grace's. Allison, Jonathan's. Oh, yeah. They're going to the Garvey's. I'm sorry. The Garvey's. Mm. They leave, and Laura and Albert, like, well, are Well, did you already, notice how suspiciously helpful Laura was being? Laura's suspiciously helpful, but there's also a snag here. And the snag, the loose cannon, is Carrie. Would you, what would you think if, like, you're getting ready to go out and your kids are, like, super helpful to you? I feel like you and I have done that. Um, I don't know. My kids wouldn't be. They would be in their rooms playing No, but, like, if they were noticed. suddenly out there, like, being yeah, suspiciously be totally suspicious. helpful. Yeah, yeah. So the, the the problem is that Grace, baby Grace, needs to be fed with some weird-looking bottle. Yep. And Laura told Carolyn she would do it. So when Carolyn leaves, Laura's like, Carrie, you do it. Laura should have just done it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not many things as irritating in this world as Carrie trying to feed Grace that bottle. Do you I agree? Mean, that was some good acting on Grace's part. Grace is like, she's out acting Carrie. She's out acting Carrie. Mm -hmm. So outside in the barn, Albert has the makeup on. It looks pretty good, don't you think? He looks like Teen Wolf. No, he looks like Teen Wolf. For the time and what they had, it's not bad. Teen Wolf was not too far ahead of this. It was like 1984. No, I mean, oh, you mean, okay. I thought like for the 19th century, it was pretty good. It's not the 19th century. Right, right. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Okay. Laura chains him to a fake rock. And Bart, no, she chains him to the wall. The fake rock is outside. Bart and Clarence show up. And Laura's like, no, 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 no. You can't go in there. You can't go in there. He begs and Laura's like, fine, whatever. Clarence is a terrible actor. Yes, he is. He's cute, though. He's cute, but he's terrible I enjoyed him. He's terrible He reminded me of, like, Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. I don't know that Inside, Albert is growling and howling and breaks his fake chains. And Bart's starting to get freaked out. Then Bart falls backwards. And Albert picks up his quote-unquote rock. And is ready to smash him over the head with it. And Bart starts begging for his life. And Laura says the only way to make him stop is to agree to everything he says. And Bart's like, okay, okay, whatever. Is to put this whole contract in place. And rationalize this contract and agree with the werewolf who's supposedly mad and going to kill you. It's real weird, guys. It's so stupid. Albert's like, you need to behave in school. You need to apologize to Mrs. Wilder. No, Laura is the person speaking on behalf of... Oh, right. Laura speaks on behalf of it. But it's so dumb. It's It's so dumb. And it goes on forever. he's, He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll do it. It goes on way too long. And just then, Carrie makes an appearance. Ugh! Jenny, were you like... I was like, this is going to end badly. She opens her trash mouth and she's like, Albert, what are you doing with that paper rock you made? I apologize to anyone who's in their car listening and this just and made drove off crash the off the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al- Laura's doing the shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Then Carrie says, remember you used all the glue on Albert's face? I'm going to tell Mom. Oh, Bart gets God. up now and he's like, wait a minute here. 
I was hoping for one split second that he was dumb enough to still not catch on. <laughs> but he caught on. He gets up, he just punches Laura, or punches Albert. All you hear is thud. He just punches her. Can we Him. discuss that I made a paper mache rock ones? Boulder? Papier mache? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's very There was brand. some period of time, yeah. and I forget why, but me and Dad were doing a bunch of scenery for plays. Do you remember oh, this? Yeah, I think so. I don't even remember how I got roped into that. But for one of the plays, we made boulders. Okay. The next day, Laura and Albert are doing a postmortem on this plan. (laughs) They're like, it's pretty clear it failed because of Carrie. Like, I mean, there's no other way to look at this. Right. Albert says, I guess there's not much a kid can do on his own. And Laura's like, that's it. We need to team up as a collective. Yep. So they rush to the school to get there before Bart. And Laura rings the bell. And Willie's like, it's not time for school. I'm not coming in there. Why are you ringing the bell? That was pretty good. We needed more Willie in this episode, yeah. I feel like. Um, so they rush to school. All the kids rush around, gather around Laura. They've organized, and Laura is the union boss. Mm-hmm. Laura's like, if we band together, we can take him the fuck down. Now we see the Wilders, like, settling up their tab at the Mercantile, and it's real sad. Sad music. Mr. Slater comes in. They can't even look at him. Bart, meanwhile, Bart, meanwhile, faces a mob of angry kids at school. And Laura says he better stick to the promises he made last night. Behave and apologize to Liza Jane. Then the kids circle him and they leap on him like an angry mob. They are like a swarm of fire ants. The the adults (laughs) run out and Amonzo's like, "Mm, everybody sit here. Let's just kind of see how the kids work it out. Let's let Mm -hmm, the kids work it mm -hmm. out. Jenny, I know this reference is wasted on you because you have never read nor seen The Handmaid's Tale. I but ha- that is that is not true. I've seen the first two seasons of The Handmaid's Tale. Okay, this is a salvaging. They're doing the salvaging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So later, Liza Jane heads into the school and Bart's all beat up because we all know bruises. They're all they're quickly. all beat up. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he's all beat up, but they're all dirty. Yes. <laughs> He apologized to her and asks her to stay as a teacher. And she's like, okay, sounds good. And they all hug her. The end. Can we discuss, so is this mob justice? Is this schoolyard justice? This is mob justice. Yeah, this is mob justice. Different than Creek justice. Very different. Although, if Edwards was in town, Creek justice might have been had. Might have been. And might have solved this. They should have just taken a page out of his book. Yep, take him down the creek. Fucking murder him um okay jenny so whose fault is this this is the father's fault what's his name mr slater yes yeah, mr slater's fault he's yeah, a bad parent. i agree with that he doesn't I was discipline gonna, this kid i was gonna blame it on harriet but you're right i mean the problem in the first place stems yeah. from Slater. i mean yeah it is bart's fault really it's harriet's fault that it interfered with the learning and the school board and the kids and all that. But it is Bart's fault in the end. Well, if you if you assume that he is an adult, like, responsible for himself. When you're 37, you should know better. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> all right, Jenny. So at the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson, something we took with us from the rewatch or uh, something we remember from when we first saw it. We think about 
how it affected us as grown-ups. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? This is why we thought a solid beatdown would solve any problem. Yeah, I was thinking about that as I was watching this. This was a trope in this day and age. Yeah. Kids ganging up and beating up people. Think about, like, the Goonies. The yep. kids kind of gang up. Um, I was thinking, there was another movie I was thinking about that it happened and I can't remember. But you had this kind of idea that kids would just gang up on you. And well, you and you also had this idea of, like, you take care of bullying and violence with more violence and... Oh, 100%. (laughs) There is no other way. Right. Yes, 100%. I have, this is why you need unions, because there's no fucking way Eliza Jane should have had a quicker job under these conditions. You're absolutely right. Or had to perform her job under these conditions. I mean... I mean, Little House is a great example of why unions were necessary, like in the early 1900s and throughout and, and the 1900s. And don't get me wrong. I know there are problematic unions. Sure. And there are instances, you know, I mean, many, many people used union positions to get really rich. Mm-hmm. But on the surface, in their purest form, unions are super important and necessary. I mean, look at all the shit that Charles did at the railroad, like all that kind of, yeah. and all the railroad jobs. Like that needed fucking unions, man. And the mining jobs and stuff. Wow. Yep. I mean... Because unbridled capitalism doesn't isn't good for anyone. My husband's in a union. You know, he's in a trade union. Thank God. Because do you really think that people are going to pay carpenters more than 10 bucks an hour if they have an option? No. 100% no. So I'm all in favor of unions. Um, you know, obviously suss out the corruption if there is any, but I'm all in favor. I also have this is why school boards are bullshit. They need to, to come up with a better formula, a better makeup for school boards. Do you have any more whys, Anne? No, no more. Okay. That's it. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next, oh, asshole? <laughs> uh, oh, so next is season six, episode 15, Whatever Happened to the Class of 56? Charles and Carolyn take a trip to Milwaukee for a school reunion. Although they are both excited to mingle with old friends, they are disappointed to learn what has become of their former classmates. Oh, wow. Now I want to make a statement up front here. Everyone's going to be like, oh, I'm so excited Charles is going to be dressed up. I don't like fancy Charles. Okay. I like rugged, plowing the fields, shirt half open, off preferably, suspenders. I like that Charles. Well, Laying a beat down on somebody. One of the fun facts is that uh, Charles and Carolyn supposedly graduated from school. However, Laura mentions back in part, back to school part two, that Charles dropped out of school at age 12 to be man of the house and help support the family. Oh, yes, she does mention that. I remember that. But apparently hmm. he graduated with Carolyn. That's okay because, like, I graduated. Okay, so I went to public school with Timmy all of our lives. And then for 11th and 12th grade, I went to private school. But I still go to his reunions. Because I know those people. So even though Charles dropped out of school, he probably knows all those people and can go. You're not allowed to not go to the reunion. It's ridiculous. He's Carolyn's guest. I don't know. Carolyn's it says he supposedly escort. graduated from school. Well, we'll I'll, I'll withhold my judgment then until Also, the, the class of 56, 25 years later, they would be in their early 40s. Yeah. And I guess they hired a bunch of, like, 15, 60-year-old actors to be their classmates. <laughs> of course they so did. So we'll see what that's like. Of course. Yeah. All right, Jenny, anything else? 
Although it says in this episode they appear to be 50, between 50 and 60 years old. Maybe so they're they probably are 80. 40. No, maybe well, they are 40. Oh, they're probably 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you haven't already, check out our Patreon. We just did um, Little House, no, Love Boat over there and Gremlins we are doing over there for December. And then going into January, we're going to have some fun stuff. We're excited. I hope you enjoyed 8-Bit Christmas more than we did. <laughs> I mean, we liked it, but it didn't deliver what was promised. You put Neil Patrick Harris in a starring role, you better step it up. Come on. Yeah, all right. All right, guys. Um, find us in on Instagram at Gen X This Is Why, and also join our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 